Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans? Welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. And after three games of zero five-on-five goals, actually after 11 periods of no goals at five-on-five, our Boston Bruins scored not one, not two, but three en route to four third-period goals yesterday eventually beating the Philadelphia Flyers in a shootout. We'll break it all down here on today's podcast. What a roller coaster it was. Before we get to that, allow me to introduce myself. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. The podcast is available Anywhere you get your podcasts, please do subscribe on your app of choice and each new episode will be automatically uploaded to your feed for you to download and enjoy. If you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated, especially for you Apple listeners. If you're on social media, the podcast is available to follow at LO underscore Boston Bruins on Twitter or locked on Boston Bruins on Instagram, you can find me on both platforms at Ian C. McLaren. Uh, by way of introduction, I am a lifelong Bruins fan since the 80s. Been writing about hockey for almost 16 years now. The Joe Thornton trade kind of kickstarted that, if you can believe it. I spent about five years working as a full time hockey news editor for The Score and also have covered OHL championships, interviewed Sidney Crosby at the Hall of Fame, uh, some cool stuff like that, interviewed Mark Recchi at the Hall of Fame, uh, which was really cool as well. Uh, All that to say, I love hockey, I love our Boston Bruins, and I'm excited to chat about their win in the home opener last night against the Philadelphia Flyers. And let's be honest, for a while there, Not very promising. I even tweeted, I can't believe I wanted hockey back at one point. We all know that the Bruins had not scored 5-on-5 at all through three games so far this season. They were shut out Monday by the New York Islanders and then for two periods last night remained scoreless and were down 2-0 at the hands of the Flyers heading into the third period. And then, lo and behold... Rookie Jaxta Nika kicks things off with a goal at 50 seconds into the third period, and the Bruins uh, kind of open the floodgates there, still allowing the Flyers to score a couple in the third period, sending it to overtime and eventually to a shootout. But it was head coach Bruce Cassidy who really sent home a message during the second intermission. After the game, he said, He knows they're a hard team to play against defensively. They're willing to play defensively the right way, but offensively they were too easy to play against. And at intermission, they discussed a couple of ways they could get better, harder to play against, and Cassidy admitted that he delivered this message perhaps a bit more forcefully than uh, usual so that the message could get across. And 
It was Jack Stanika, the rookie, like I said, who set the tone by going hard to the net, taking a shot, banging in his own rebound, and really, uh, yeah, getting things going for the Bruins offensively. Stanika said at intermission, what head coach Bruce Cassidy said had a lot to do with it prior to his goal. They're an offensive group. They're just trying to not get frustrated, and obviously it was fortunate that pucks started to go in. The Bruins had been victims of bad luck up until this point, um, and, you know, they hadn't been really creating those high-danger chances, getting into the slot, getting into those dirty areas, and um, Studnika's goal certainly helped along that way. Cassidy said it was more about stepping up where we need to be offensively, and the guys accepted the challenge between periods. It would have been nice to hear the fans after the third period, an exciting third period to watch, get us back in the game, and eventually the two points. It was kind of a classic Bruins performance in that way. I could have imagined the crowd would have been in a frenzy, uh, but they were able to create their own energy and, um, yeah, pulled off the comeback win. Stanika scored his first career goal, obviously, and he said it's a very exciting night. Great to get the win, and that, of course, adds to that. Uh, good play by Richie at the blue line, and a really skilled play by Krejci to find me in front of the net and just put it there, playing with really good centermen and Krejci, so trying to get to the net, keeping stick on the ice, find some open ice, and most of the time, he finds you. Stanika said first junior goal, first NHL game, first NHL point, and now this one. And this is probably um, the highlight of his hockey career to date. He said his puck will likely go to either his father or his grandfather. A lot of people in the supporting cast have helped him get to this point. It's a special night regardless of the situation. He's seen this team come back in the third period over the past couple of years so many times, and it was nice to be part of it, he added, of course. After Stanika's goal, Charlie Coyle scored at the 2.06 mark of the third period to tie the game at 2. Unfortunately, about five minutes later, Travis Sandheim scored for the Flyers to put the Bruins back down, and then it was Nick Ritchie who stepped up once again and scored his second goal of the season on the power play from Bergeron and Krejci. Richie has been much improved for the Bruins this season. All credit to him. He said, you just want to go out and play the hockey game. Some of these physical strengths that I do have, I like to use to my advantage, but also make plays, go to the net, and shoot the puck. He also picked up that secondary assist on Studnika's opening goal for the two-point game, and... Yeah, he's been a, a physical presence on the power play. He's been getting to the net, creating some high-danger scoring chances, and you know he really looks like a different player than in the bubble, and rightfully so. He's had more time to get used to his new teammates, uh, more of a regular circumstances coming in with training camp and getting to play more regularly. And yeah, he looks... He looks great for the Bruins so far, and all who kind of chided him or, uh, you know, lamented the trade that sent Danton Heiden to the Ducks in exchange for Richie, 
it certainly seems to be paying off at the moment for general manager Don Sweeney. Now, Brandon Carlo, of all people, gave the Bruins a 4-3 lead uh, near the end of the third period. This was about uh, the 15-18 mark. Great play by Matt Grizzlick to pull all the forwards to his side and open things up for Carlo on his offside. It, he was on the left side at the time as a right-hand shot. Clear lane to the net, just shooting it as hard as he could and lucky enough to put it behind the goaltender. But it all starts with the forwards on the forecheck and Grizzy making that space available to me, Carlo said. That's something we're trying to do is get pucks on net. And that's the biggest thing we needed to do in the first two periods. Started to do that in the third, and you see the results. Now, the Flyers did answer when James Van Riemsdyk notched his second of the night, just 1-10 later to tie the game. 4-on-4 four on, four on the power play. A really unfortunate penalty taken by Sean Corrali when the Bruins had just taken the lead. Flyers went 2-for-5 on the power play to snap Boston's 13-for-13 penalty kill streak to start the season. Before we move on to more about this game and then a look ahead to Saturday's rematch against the Flyers, let's talk for a moment about betonline.ag. You don't have to sit on the sidelines anymore. You can get in on the action by signing up for an account with betonline.ag and when you do, use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. You can visit our good friends and exclusive partner at betonline underscore AG to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use promo code LOCKEDON for that sign-up bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Locked On Today is a new daily sports podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by Peter Bukowski. It's a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. Now, the fact that Tuka Rask allowed four goals on 26 shots should not detract you from the fact that he was one of the big reasons why the Bruins won this game. He was stellar in the extra frame, overtime, making five saves, turned away point-blank chances from Jacob Voracek and Kevin Hayes in overtime, and then went on to shut down Voracek, Travis Konechny, and Claude Giroux in the shootout. It was a back-and-forth crazy game. Rask said, it feels good to win those games. If it goes to overtime or the shootout, the goalie is just trying to give the team a chance to win. This year, we've won two more than last year altogether. If you recall, in the shootout last season, the Bruins went 0-7. They've now won two shootouts here to begin this season, once against the Devils and now one against the Flyers. And Tuka Rask deserves a lot of credit for securing this one, as does Jake DeBrusque, who put on a show with a very slick floater goal past Carter Hart in the shootout, the only goal that was scored in the shootout for either team. Now, Matt Grizzlick, of course, was a bit banged up in Monday's game against the New York Islanders, and he was able to play, but fell prey to another unfortunate incident in this one, 
where um, another awkward collision with Flyers forward Scott Lawton. His left leg was caught underneath him, and he limped to the bench without putting too much weight on it, which is always concerning to see. He did not leave the bench, though, and returned to action shortly thereafter, but he did not play in the three-on-three overtime session where his uh, skating and shooting ability would have been much needed. Uh, Bruce Cassidy said he was playing through some discomfort, so we did not want to expose him. He would typically be out there in the overtime, but he wasn't going to be able to cover the ice that he needed to with the three-on-three format. He's had a couple of tough nights now, falling on the island and going to the boards here, so hopefully there's no long-term damage. It doesn't sound like it, he said after the game, uh, which, you know, you love to see. The Bruins outshot the Flyers by a margin of 43-26 to on this night. And, yeah, definitely looked like the better team, so it was good to finally see the puck go in the net. Our long nightmare of no 5-on-5 scoring is over. You know that when Brandon Carlo hits the back of the net, things are starting to go right for your team. At 5-on-5, the Bruins dominated possession in this one with a 65.5% Corsi. 55 shot attempts at 5-on-5 versus 29 for the Philadelphia Flyers. In all situations, 70 shot attempts for only 47 for the Flyers. Uh, They led in expected goals, high danger chances, scoring chances. Uh, So the Bruins really did deserve to win this game. And it was, again, nice to see uh, the puck finally start to go in the net for a team that was pretty goal-starved to start the season. Nick Ritchie led the way with uh, the two points. One goal, one assist. David Krejci had a pair of assists. Shots on goal. The leader was Patrice Bergeron, who had eight. Craig Smith had four. Uh, Also playing on the right side on the third line, and it's only a matter of time before he starts to find the back of the net as well. Now, these two teams will play again at TD Garden on Saturday, and it appears as though... um, Yaroslav Alak will get the start for this one. Hard to say whether the Flyers will turn back to Carter Hart or they'll give Brian Elliott the start. I would expect that Elliott will get the start, seeing as uh, you know Hart faced a heavy workload in the first game of this back-to-back series, and Elliott just did have a shutout against the Buffalo Sabres uh, the other night. With the win, the Bruins now have five points on the season. They're 2-1-1 one, one for a 6.25 win percentage. They're one point back of Washington and the Islanders for second in the East Division. Two points back of the Flyers, so a regulation win tomorrow would put them level uh, with the Flyers. They're still on the outside looking in as New Jersey has the tiebreaker, but uh, you know, still early days yet uh, it would be nice for the Bruins to get a regulation win as they are still one of only two teams in the East Division without a regulation win alongside Pittsburgh who they'll play twice after uh, these games with the Philadelphia Flyers. So uh, yeah, it was an entertaining game. 
really disappointing through the first couple of periods, uh, but so great to see uh, the Bruins finally find the back of the net as well as uh, eventually get the W. That's, of course, the most important thing. Before we move on to some news and notes from around the NHL, and there's quite a bit to cover, let me talk to you for a moment about the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. You can get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey expert Scott Cullen. He'll give you the tips, insights, and analysis for a season-long dynasty and DFS leagues, breaking down all the stats and information to keep you ahead of the competition. Subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. One of the biggest stories in the NHL on Thursday night was from the Columbus-Tampa game where Blue Jackets center Pierre-Luc Dubois was benched for almost the entire game, seeing less than four minutes of ice time in the first period. Dubois, of course, has made it pretty clear that he wants a trade out of Columbus. And while a lot of people kind of put the blame on John Tortorella for fueling this situation by benching Dubois, it's pretty clear that he was well within his rights to do so. If you look back at Dubois' shifts from last night's game, there was zero compete level, zero effort, and you know, in particular, he went in the corner for a puck battle with Tyler Johnson and basically, you know, refused to engage. So it's really ramping up this trade scenario. Is it a case where they can't put him back out there until they trade him? He's a liability if, if that's how he's going to play. Uh, so it really is ramping up the trade speculation. Um, and uh, that's definitely a situation to keep an eye on. The Athletics' Aaron Portsline believes the Blue Jackets' efforts to manage Pierre-Luc Dubois' situation following his trade request may be spiraling out of control after the benching. Blue Jackets coach John Tortorella wouldn't talk about why he benched Dubois while the center declined to be interviewed after the game. Uh, Jarmo Kekalainen, the team's GM, has taken multiple calls on Dubois, but it's unclear how he is hoping to handle this. It was assumed Kekalainen wanted to get through the season before trading Dubois, but again, it, it might be coming to a head Portsline said sources say the relationship between Dubois and Tortorella isn't the direct reason why he's requested a trade. The Blue Jackets coach said the onus is on the player to determine his ice time. You're going to get out there if you play the proper way. And again, if you look at the the clips, he definitely was not playing uh, up to his abilities. A player like Dubois is highly coveted and you would think that multiple general managers from around the league would be inquiring. Uh, You know, there's some question as to whether uh, other teams have the leverage, knowing it's an untenable situation here, and whether the Blue Jackets can get fair value for him. But I don't think teams, uh, you know, would be undervaluing Dubois as a player. And there could be kind of a, you know, a battle for his services as they weigh the offers. And um, it'll be definitely very interesting to see where he lands. Another big story is the NHL and COVID-19. Obviously, 
Capitals goalie Ilya Samsonov tested positive for COVID-19. He, Alex Ovechkin, Evgeny Kuznetsov, and Dmitry Orlov were placed on the NHL's COVID protocol-related absence list on Wednesday. Three of them will miss at least four games, while Samsonov could be sidelined longer. And, um, you know, that positive test triggered contact tracing within the Capitals' dressing room, leading the NHL to learn about the four of them socializing in a hotel room and resulting in a $100, sorry, $100,000 fine for the Capitals. Now, their games are not postponed, but the Carolina Hurricanes games have been postponed because of uh, multiple positive cases in the dressing room. Um, so yeah, again, COVID-19 is going to be a storyline across the NHL for better or worse for the majority of the season. And it's something they're just trying to play through, trying to play with. It'll be interesting to see how the um, schedule is affected by these postponements. Uh, but it's going to be, uh, yeah, something to keep an eye on for sure. One other thing I wanted to mention was how nice it was to see Bruins anthem singer Todd Angeli doing a personal performance of the national anthem for a family of a longtime fan. Stephen Sipola, a Bruins season ticket holder for 42 years, passed away on January 12th from COVID-19 at the age of 60. To honor him, Angeli sang the anthem for his family, who was all wearing Bruins gear in front of their home in Somerville, Massachusetts, prior to uh, Thursday's game against the Flyers. The video of the performance that was played before the Bruins win against the Flyers included scenes from around Boston, in addition to the footage of Angeli singing his trademark booming anthem while the family looked on from their front porch. It was a, a very nice move by the Bruins, and um, yeah, it was really nice to see uh, the team do that for that family for sure. That's it for today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins, another week in the books. Apologies for the all solo episodes this week. It's been a bit of a crazy week uh, here on the home front, but I will promise to hook up with some uh, friends from around hockey in the next days in order to get some other voices on the podcast uh thank you so much for tuning in looking forward to the rematch of bruins flyers on saturday and, and you can follow along on twitter at enc mclaren or at locked on nope at lo underscore boston bruins i hope you all have a great weekend not too much planned over here besides you know just trying to survive the lockdown and uh keep the boys entertained Still watching Justified, still watching Superstore. Started a Lost rewatch on Amazon Prime, and I'm about halfway through the first season. Just got to the part where Ethan shows up, and we realize that he was not on the plane, which was a mind blower at the time. And uh, yeah, other than that, we reading the Willie O'Ree autobiography. Might start a new Grisham, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Watching hockey, of course, as well. Um, so, yeah, thanks so much, friends, for, for taking some time to listen to the podcast this week. Please do tell a friend about the podcast. 
Please rate and review if you have a moment. And please do take care of yourselves and each other. And we'll be back on Monday to talk about the next game against the Flyers and preview uh, their next games against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Take care, friends. Have a great weekend.